Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin, where I look at every single Prime Minister from Sir Johnny MacDonald all the way up to Justin Trudeau. Before I begin, I'd like to say thank you to MSK525, PCS Guy, Ad Vitam Astronum, and, and I can't pronounce it but I'll spell it, Z-H-A-O-R-N-D-Y-S-O-E-N-F-H-S. Thank you for the five-star reviews. I truly do appreciate it. It helps show that everybody is enjoying the podcast and that you really like hearing about the Prime Ministers. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have two other podcasts out there, Canadian History X and Canada's Great War which release every Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And you can find me on Instagram. Just go to Bairdo37. As well, I put out various YouTube history videos on my channel. Just search for Canadian History X or go to youtube.com slash c slash Canadian History X. Today we come to the end of the line for part one of From John to Justin. Over the past 23 weeks, I've looked at every Prime Minister in Canadian history, and today we finish with the current Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. I'll be returning next week with my ranking of all the Prime Ministers of Canadian history, and the week after I begin part two of the podcast, looking at the opposition leaders who never became Prime Minister. I want to thank everybody who gave that suggestion, including Mike Ryan, who has a fantastic podcast called Conversations with Canadians. And I actually was on that podcast a while ago, but it's a really good podcast, so go check it out. This episode will be a bit different than the previous episodes, as we are still in the second term of Justin Trudeau. So this episode will only cover the life of Trudeau up to the election win for his second term. I will do an update on the second term when it comes to an end, with either an election win or loss. In 1659, the first of the Trudeau family would arrive in New France, beginning the line of the family that would produce two prime ministers. Etienne Trudeau arrived on September 7th of that year, and by 1663 was a master carpenter. He and his wife would have 14 children, with most staying in the area, and that line would produce Pierre and Justin. Justin Pierre James Trudeau was born on December 25, 1971 to Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau, and his wife, Margaret Trudeau, in Ottawa. This makes Justin Trudeau the first Prime Minister to be born after the centennial, and his birth was only the second time in Canadian history that a child was born while a Prime Minister was in office. The first was Margaret MacDonald, who was born on February 8, 1869, when her father, Sir John A. MacDonald, was Prime Minister. The first public appearance of Justin Trudeau would be on January 16, 1972, when he was christened at the Notre Dame Basilica in Ottawa. Politics was always something that the Trudeau family was heavily involved in. Not only was Justin's father Pierre the Prime Minister of Canada, but his maternal grandfather was Jimmy Sinclair, who served as a Member of Parliament from 1940 to 1958, including as the Minister of Fisheries from 1952 to 1957 in the government of Louis Saint Laurent. One of his ancestors, Francis James Bernard, on his mother's side, would actually found the first Singapore police force in 1819 and the first newspaper in Singapore in 1824. 
Born to the most famous couple in Canada, Trudeau was immediately in the public eye in the country. On April 14, 1972, U.S. President Richard Nixon would visit Canada and say, quote, I'd like to toast the future Prime Minister of Canada to Justin Pierre Trudeau, end quote. Nixon's wife Pat would give Justin Trudeau a stuffed toy Snoopy. When Trudeau was seven, his parents would divorce and Justin and his brothers would live with their father at 24 Sussex Drive. And the divorce was hard for Justin, who was so close with his mother, as Nanny would say in 1979, quote, Justin is a mummy's boy, so it's not easy, but children's hurts mend very quickly, and they're lucky kids anyways, end quote. Trudeau would say of the state of his parents' marriage, quote, They loved each other incredibly, passionately, completely, but there was 30 years between them, and my mom never was an equal partner in what encompassed my father's life, his duty, his country, end quote. At first, Trudeau was going to attend a private school, but his mother convinced Pierre to have Justin attend a public school. In 1976, Justin would attend the Rockcliffe Park Public School, the first school his mother attended. Rather than be dropped off in a limousine, Justin took a school bus with an RCMP vehicle following behind. When his father announced he was retiring in 1979, a retirement that didn't stick, he told Justin about it at bedtime before anyone else in the country knew. The first retirement came due to an election loss, which was not an easy time for Justin. The principal at his school, Ken Nickel, would say, quote, After the spring election, Justin took a bit of a beating. Kids are cruel. End quote. When Trudeau turned 12, his father retired from politics, and he moved with his father to Montreal, where he began to attend the college Jean de Brebeuf, the same school that his father attended. Being the son of the Prime Minister would also lead to some unusual incidents for the young Trudeau. In 2013, he would say, quote, There were lunch hours where I couldn't eat at school because we had to rush home to have lunch with the Queen, for example, which actually happened. At the same time, it was instilled upon us that this was a privilege and a responsibility, and nothing made us better than anyone else, maybe randomly luckier. End quote. After high school, Trudeau would attend McGill University, where he was a member of the debating team and a volunteer with the Sexual Assault Center. While at McGill, he would become friends with Gerald Butts, who would go on to become his principal secretary decades later. In 1994, he would graduate with a Bachelor of Arts in English Literature and then spent a year traveling. After this year, he returned to McGill to complete his degree to become a teacher. Prior to finishing his degree, though, Trudeau moved to Whistler to work as a snowboard instructor and as a bouncer in a nightclub. He then returned to finish his degree, this time attending the University of British Columbia, where he graduated with a Bachelor of Education in 1998. His teaching career would begin with his work as a substitute teacher in Coquitlam, B.C., until he gained a permanent teaching position at West Point Gray Academy, a Vancouver private school. He would then move on to Sir Winston Churchill Secondary School in Vancouver, where he began to teach. It was around this same time that he would go through two family tragedies within only two years of each other. The first was when his brother Michel was killed in an avalanche at Coconee Lake, B.C. in 1998, and two years later, his father, Pierre, would die from prostate cancer. At the funeral of his father, Trudeau gave a eulogy that was broadcast nationwide, and it would bring him back into the public eye for the first time since his father left politics in 1984. It would also lead to rampant speculation that Trudeau, 
would follow his father into politics at some point. We have gathered from coast to coast to coast, d'un océan à l'autre, from one ocean to another, united in our grief to say goodbye. But this is not the end. He left politics in 84, but he came back for Meech. He came back for Charlottetown. He came back to remind us of who we are and what we're all capable of. but he won't be coming back anymore. It's all up to us, all of us now. The woods are lovely, dark and deep. He has kept his promises and earned his sleep. In 2003, a book issued by the CBC included the speech in its list of significant Canadian events from the past 50 years. Trudeau would say later, quote, I wasn't at all surprised by the reaction. I put everything I was given as a son into that eulogy. I was showing myself as his accomplishment. End quote. In 2002, Trudeau would return to Montreal and study engineering at the University of Montreal, and then switch to environmental geography at McGill. And he would leave his post-secondary education for good in 2007 to focus on advocacy work. Around the same time, he would tell Maclean's magazine regarding running for Parliament, quote, if enough people put you out there, you become something. But I'm far from a finished product. I haven't done anything. I haven't accomplished anything. I'm a moderately engaging, reasonably intelligent 30-year-old who's had an interesting life like someone who was raised by wolves or a person that cultivated an extremely large pumpkin. End quote. During his time in Montreal, he would also meet his wife Sophie in 2003, and they would start dating. She had been a friend of his brother Michel, and at the time was working as a television and radio host for French and English networks in Quebec. On May 28, 2005, they would marry, and they had gone on to have three children together. One aspect of advocacy work that Trudeau was drawn to was avalanche awareness, brought on by the death of his brother. He would become the director of the Canadian Avalanche Foundation, and helped create the Canadian Avalanche Centre. During the Kokanee Summit in 2000, Trudeau raised funds in honour of his brother and others who died in avalanches. After the event, though, an unsigned editorial in the Creston Daily Advance stated that Trudeau groped a female reporter while at a music festival. In 2018, Trudeau would be asked about this and said that he did not remember any negative incidents from that time. He would also become the director of the Katamavik Youth Volunteer Service Program which had been created by his father's government in 1977. He would also head the Nahani Forever Campaign, which had the goal of expanding the Nahani National Park Preserve in the Northwest Territories 
that was in danger from a proposed mine project. From 2003 to 2004, Trudeau served as a panelist on the CBC Radio's Canada Read series, and he inaugurated the Trudeau Centre for Peace and Conflict Studies at the University of Toronto. Trudeau would also begin to increase his exposure in the country. In 2006, he was the MC at a large rally in Toronto that was urging the United Nations to do more to end the genocide in Darfur, and he would also serve as the MC for the Gillard Literary Prize Gala, and he portrayed Talbot Papineau in a miniseries on CBC about the First World War called The Great War. In that movie, he portrayed his fifth cousin, twice removed. When the Liberal Party was defeated in the 2006 election, Trudeau became more involved in politics for the first time since his youth. When he was 17, he had offered his support to John Turner in the 1988 federal election, and this time he would offer to help Tom Axworthy, who had been the principal secretary for his father. Axworthy was part of the Renewal Commission, which was working to reinvigorate the Liberal Party that had become stagnant. Axworthy would accept the offer and make Trudeau the chair of the Task Force on Youth Issues. Trudeau would criticize Quebec nationalism, much as his father did in his youth at the same time, calling it, quote, an old idea from the 19th century, end quote. During the 2006 Liberal leadership race after the resignation of Paul Martin, Trudeau put his support behind Gerard Kennedy and then transferred his support to Stéphane Dion, the eventual winner, when Kennedy dropped out. In 2008, Trudeau took his first leap into politics for himself when he won the Liberal Party nomination for the Montreal riding of Papineau. He was able to defeat the Bloc Québécois incumbent, picking up 41.5% of the vote and 1,000 more votes than his opponent. And while Trudeau had entered Parliament, the Liberals lost the election and Trudeau would begin his political career as a member of the opposition. He would be the first member of the 40th Parliament of Canada to introduce a private member's motion calling for a national voluntary service policy for young people, which gained support from all parties. Controversy soon arrived for Trudeau when it was revealed he collected $1.3 million in public speaking fees from charities and school boards, $277,000 of which he received after he became a member of Parliament. In 2009, Michael Ignatieff, became the leader of the Liberal Party, and Trudeau was named the party's critic for youth and multiculturalism. In 2011, Trudeau won a seat in Papineau again, this time by a greater margin with 4,000 votes over his second-place opponent. Unfortunately, the election was a disaster for the Liberal Party, which fell to third-party status for the first time in its history, and many predicted that the party was near death, and Ignatieff resigned as the leader. Trudeau by this point was thinking of challenging for the leadership of the party, but many of his critics questioned his experience. Trudeau would say, quote, I don't feel I should be closing off any options because of the history packaged into my name. A lot of people turning to me in a way that, to be blunt, concerns me. End quote. In order to prove himself on the public stage, Trudeau would challenge Conservative Senator Patrick Brazeau to a boxing match for cancer research funds. Brazeau was younger and larger than Trudeau, and he was also a former soldier with a black belt in karate. As such, many questioned Trudeau on why he chose him as an opponent, and the general consensus was that he would lose. Trudeau would say, quote, People often underestimate me. They see me as a lightweight. If I win this fight, perhaps they'll take me more seriously. End quote. 
Trudeau, who had experience as an amateur boxer, began an intense training routine. He also believed that Brazeau, who smoked, would not be able to last too many rounds in the ring due to his limited lung capacity. In the fight in March 2012, Trudeau won in the third round when the referee stopped the fight. With Bob Ray as the interim leader of the Liberal Party, Trudeau stated that he would not run for the Liberal leadership as he had a young family. When Bob Ray announced that he would not enter the leadership race, Trudeau began to receive calls from supporters to reconsider not running for leadership. On October 2, 2012, Trudeau launched a campaign for leadership of the party and he became the front-runner. In anticipation of a Trudeau victory, the party began to rise in polls. On April 4, 2013, Trudeau became the leader of the Liberal Party, only one week off 45 years to the day that his father had won the leadership of the party himself. Results of the first count. Martin Cochon, 815. Deborah Coyne, 214. 214. Martha Hall Finley, 1760. Karen McCrimmon, 210. 210. Joyce Murray, 3,130. 1, Justin Trudeau, 24,668. I declare Justin Trudeau elected as the leader of the Liberal Party of Canada. In that leadership race, Trudeau won on the first ballot with 80.1% of the vote, with 21,000 more votes than his next closest challenger. Within days of taking over as Liberal leader, polls showed that the Liberal Party was now the choice of 43% of respondents, 13% more than the Conservatives. As the new leader of the party, Trudeau began to rebuild the party that had hit its lowest point and it was fractured due to the decade-long fight between Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin over leadership. He would help build up the fundraising of the party, and he was often seen throughout Canada building his visual reputation among voters. In 2005, Prime Minister Stephen Harper launched a two-month election campaign, the longest since the 1870s. The election would be one of the most contentious in Canadian history. Typically in the past, there would be a French television debate and an English television debate. But during this election, the New Democrats pushed for more debates on the belief that Trudeau would fold under the pressure, and all three parties agreed to five debates in total. Trudeau would perform well in the debates, and the Liberals ran a strong campaign as the Conservatives suffered setbacks. Among his pledges were to legalize marijuana, to admit Syrian refugees, and to run small deficits. On October 19, 2015, the Liberals moved from third-party status to a majority government, winning 184 seats, 150 more than they had in 2011. This was the second-best performance of the party in its history, 
thanks to taking most of eastern Canada, including 40 seats in Quebec. Those 40 seats were the most Liberal Party won since Pierre Trudeau in 1980. The 150-seat gain was also the biggest numerical increase for a single party since Confederation, and this was the first time that a party had gone from third place to a majority government. I didn't make history tonight. You did. Have faith in your fellow citizens, my friends. They are kind and generous. They are open-minded and optimistic. And they know in their heart of hearts that a Canadian is a Canadian is a Canadian. We beat fear with hope. We beat cynicism with hard work. We beat negative, divisive politics with a positive vision that brings Canadians together. Most of all, we defeated the idea that Canadians should be satisfied with less, that good enough is good enough, and that better just isn't possible. Well, my friends, this is Canada, and in Canada, better is always possible. Thank you. Thank you very much. Merci. Merci. On November 4, 2015, Trudeau became the 23rd Prime Minister of Canada and the second youngest after Joe Clark. He would also become the first child and relative of a previous Prime Minister to assume office. In his victory speech, Trudeau would say, quote, Canadians have spoken. You want a government with vision and an agenda for this country that is positive and ambitious and hopeful. I promise you tonight that I will lead that government. End quote. One of the first acts by Trudeau as a Prime Minister was to create a cabinet that was composed of an equal number of women and men, which was a first in Canadian history. Uh, it's an incredible pleasure for me to be here today uh, before you to present uh, to Canada uh, a cabinet that looks like Canada. Uh, we, have, we have an awful lot of work to do uh, in the coming uh, weeks, months and years. But I know the Canadians expected us uh, to come together and put forward a team that is going to be able to deliver on the change, on the ambitious plan for this country that the Liberal Party ran on, and that's exactly what we are going to deliver. What kind of government are you hoping to offer them? How will it be different? Well, I think one of the first things is that we're a government uh, that wants to earn Canadians' trust by demonstrating that we trust Canadians. Uh, openness and transparency uh, isn't just about trust, though. It's also very much uh, about better policymaking. Merci beaucoup tout le monde. Thank you very, very much. During the next two years, Trudeau's government admitted 40,000 Syrian refugees, cut the personal income tax rate and increased the tax rate on wealthy Canadians, revised the Canadian pension plan, and launched the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls. Unfortunately, this inquiry was highly disorganized and deep in internal conflict, and several members would resign and new commissioners would be appointed. In 2019, the commission would release a report that stated that police and prosecutors were often indifferent to the murders of Indigenous women. It would also state that the treatment of the Indigenous amounted to genocide. Trudeau would state, quote, 
We accept their findings, including that what happened amounts to genocide. There are many debates ongoing around words and the use of words. Our focus as a country, as leaders, as citizens, must be on the steps we take to put an end to the situation. End quote. This morning, in fact, was another significant step toward justice for Indigenous women in Canada. For too long, Indigenous women and girls have experienced violence at a rate that is staggering when compared to non-Indigenous women. Just over a month after forming government, we announced the creation of a national inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls following the recommendation of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. An inquiry that we launched based on the steadfast advocacy of families and survivors. We promised Canadians that we would start this process, a process that would ultimately chart a path for the future. Earlier this morning, the National Inquiry formally presented their final report in which they found that the tragic violence that Indigenous women and girls have experienced amounts to genocide. The strength of the families and survivors who bravely shared their truths have show, has shown us the way forward. We will do a thorough review of this report and develop and implement a national action plan to address violence against Indigenous women, girls, and LGBTQ and Two-Spirit people. Working with Indigenous partners to determine next steps, we will include Indigenous women and girls, the voices of LGBTQ and Two-Spirit people, and family members and survivors. Our country can and must do better, and we will. In regards to climate change, Trudeau's government would encourage provinces to implement measures to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, and in 2019, the federal carbon tax came into effect. The government would also legalize assisted dying in certain cases, and most famously legalized marijuana, making Canada only the second country to legalize marijuana nationwide. Happy legalization, everybody! You're a star now! A star was born! Where's Lady Gaga? It took 95 years to launch this breakfast party, Wake and Bake, to dump criminality for legal weed. Ooh, that's strong. Yeah, this is my homegrown canatonic blackberry. Jonathan Hirsch has smoked medicinal and other pot for 17 years. Now anyone of age can. It's an opportunity to get people off opioids. It's an opportunity to get people onto something positive off of alcohol. It's a super great opportunity for Canada, really. Peter Tosh's weed anthem. Legalize It came out back in 1975. And today, over 40 years later, Canadians bought their first legal gram of pot at midnight in St. John's. In Montreal, long lineups all day. The first in line? It's a big moment for a stoner like me. By afternoon, stocks had run out in a few parts of the country. 
and by afternoon some Newfoundland stores had sold out. In Ontario, the online store ran 100 transactions a minute initially, a few strains sold out, and at the U.S. border, well, some questions. They just asked if we had any marijuana or any uh, cannabis, and we said no. A cultural revolution just beginning, starting at the back of this coffee shop. It's a celebration of tolerance in Canada and that there is a third way. The money that I spend will go to legitimate operations and not fund organized crime. The government has staked its success on shutting down the illegal market, but pot habits die hard. Dave Eakins has made glass pipes and bongs quietly for years. Have you been a, a smoker as well in the past? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, Mom. But where did you get your weed today? Um, I just got it from a friend. Are you going to migrate to the legal buying? Uh, you know, I haven't really put much thought into it. Dispensaries are still strictly illegal. Is this open? No? Is it closed for good or yeah. are you telling them to go somewhere else? No, I'll tell you another they're closed. Not exactly. Later, she gave our colleague a card sending her to this dispensary, which she was told will reopen tomorrow. So, after today's pot-infused euphoria and parties, will legalizing cannabis do what it promised to? That's the test. Trudeau's government also apologized for several wrongs in Canadian history, including the 1914 decision to deny East Asian passengers on the Kamagata Maru entry to Canada, the abuse of children at Newfoundland residential schools, the rejection of 900 German Jews in 1939, the management of the tuberculosis epidemic among the Inuit from the 1940s to the 1960s, and the discrimination against civil servants based on their sexual orientation. He also exonerated Chief Palmaker for the crime of treason during the Northwest Rebellion of 1885. The Senate was also reformed for the first time since 1964, with a retirement requirement for all senators at the age of 75. He also promised to work towards a nonpartisan Senate, and he removed several liberal senators from the party caucus. One of the most significant challenges his government faced was the election of President Donald Trump in 2016. The Trump government stated that it would be cancelling the North American Free Trade Agreement and Trudeau would consult with Brian Mulroney and Rona Ambrose about how to maintain strong ties with the United States. In 2018, the Trudeau government took a hard line with the United States over NAFTA, filing a complaint with the World Trade Organization. In November of 2018, Canada, the United States and Mexico reached a new agreement called the Canada-United States-Mexican Agreement. In all, there were very few major changes between this agreement and NAFTA. Canada's relationship with China also deteriorated over the first term, mainly with the result of the arrest of Meng Wanzhou and the detainment by China of two Canadians. The relationship with Saudi Arabia also declined as human rights groups called on Canada to stop selling military equipment to the country. And in 2018, Saudi Arabia would recall its Canadian ambassador and it froze trade with Canada. The Trudeau government also reduced the debt-to-GDP ratio every year until 2020, when the pandemic hit. In July 2019, there was a study by 20 independent academics, and it was found that the Trudeau government kept 92% of its pledges, including complete and partial pledges. When looking at only completed pledges, it was 53.5%. This first Trudeau government term 
and the first Harper government term have the highest follow-through on campaign promises of any Canadian government since 1984. And while the Trudeau government had several successes during its first term, there were also several controversies. The government failed to balance the federal budget by 2019 as it had promised, and its new federal payroll system was deeply flawed since its launch in 2016. Trudeau also approved the Trans Mountain Expansion Project, which would cause a rift with the British Columbia government. In 2017, Trudeau was found to have breached the federal conflict of interest law when he took his family to a holiday on the private Bahama island of spiritual leader Aga Khan, whose Canadian foundation had received federal funding. This marks the first time that a sitting Prime Minister broke federal conflict of interest laws. One of the biggest controversies erupted in February 2019 when Jody Wilson-Raybould resigned from Cabinet as the Attorney General over allegations of improper pressure on her from the Prime Minister's office over the federal case against the engineering firm of NSC Lavalin. After she testified before a parliamentary committee, the opposition in the House of Commons called for Trudeau to resign. Gerald Butts, the Principal Secretary to Trudeau, would resign, as would Jane Philpott, the Treasury Board President, stating she had lost confidence in the government. Both Philpott and Raybould were ejected from the Liberal caucus, but Trudeau did waive privilege and cabinet confidences, allowing Raybould to speak on the matter. On March 19, 2019, the Liberal Committee members voted as a group to shut down the Justice Committee's investigation, and in August of 2019, the Ethics Commission reported that Trudeau had exerted pressure on the Attorney General and breached the conflict of interest law. Trudeau stated that he accepted responsibility for the mistakes he made, but he disagreed with some of the findings of the report. Following the scandal, support for the Liberals fell heavily before rebounding several months later. On September 11, 2019, Trudeau would launch the federal election campaign. Early in the election campaign, photos and videos surfaced of Trudeau in blackface on three occasions, including when he was a teacher at the West Point Gray Academy in 2001. And the images of Trudeau in blackface not only became national news, but international news, and even made their way into several television shows and movies, including the Borat sequel. Trudeau would state, quote, What I did hurt them, hurt people, who shouldn't have to face intolerance and discrimination because of their identity. That is something I deeply, deeply regret. Darkening your face, regardless of the context of the circumstances, is always unacceptable, because of the racist history of blackface. End quote. Global News has uncovered a third instance of racially charged images of Liberal leader Justin Trudeau. Let's bring in our Ottawa Bureau Chief Mercedes Stevenson. She has broken the story. She joins us now from Vancouver with the exclusive details. Good morning. Good morning. A video uncovered by Global News, which has been verified by the Liberal War Room, as in fact containing images of Liberal leader Justin Trudeau in blackface makeup. The Liberals have declined to tell us exactly when and where this video was taken, but you can have a look. It's pretty grainy. Uh, we wanted to be very sure that this was in fact the Liberal leader before we made the video public. They did confirm to us last night that we are looking at Justin Trudeau in this video. You can see that he has blackface makeup on. 
and it's covering his face, neck, his arms and hands, and you can see between the tears in his jeans there that he also appears to have the makeup down his legs as well. This, as you mentioned, is the third image of him within about 12 hours that has come out uh, and uh, initially broken by Time magazine. I can tell you that Global News obtained this video and has been trying to verify it for a couple of days. We approached the Liberal War Room with it last night uh, after that news broke from Time magazine to ask if this was in fact him. Uh, obviously such a stunning video that we, we wanted to be absolutely sure, but they do say yes, this is Justin Trudeau in the video. Uh, they referred to his previous apologies on wearing blackface makeup and brownface makeup as being inappropriate. They've not issued an additional apology for this video at this time. In the election of October 21st, 2019, the Liberal Party would lose 20 seats while the Conservative Party under Andrew Scheer gained 26 seats. The Liberals were able to maintain their position as the ruling party in the House of Commons, but it was now as a minority government. Of course, to my fellow Canadians, it has been the greatest honour of my life to serve you for these past four years, and tonight you're sending us back to work for you. We take this responsibility seriously, and we will work hard for you, for your families, and for your future. To those who voted for our party, thank you for putting your trust in our team. Thank you for having faith in us to move this country in the right direction. And to those and to those who did not vote for us, know that we will work every single day for you. We will govern for everyone. And regardless of how you cast your ballot, ours is a team that will fight for all Canadians. The Liberals also saw Alberta and Saskatchewan did not elect a single Liberal MP, and the Liberals also lost the popular vote to the Conservatives, marking only the second time in Canadian history that a governing party formed government with less than 35% of the popular vote. The Liberals also received the lowest percentage of the popular vote for a governing party in Canadian history. Thus began the second term of Trudeau, one that will most likely be dominated by the COVID-19 pandemic. And when the second term comes to an end, I will upload a new version of this episode that chronicles the second term. I hope you enjoyed my look at Justin Trudeau, and if you did, please leave a rating and review. As well as if you enjoyed the part one of From John to Justin, where I looked at every single Prime Minister, please leave a rating and review as well. If you like, you can reach me through email at craig at canadaehx.com. You can also visit my website where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to canadaehx.com. And don't forget, you can support the podcast through Patreon. There are multiple tiers to choose from, all with great benefits. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month just like all of these wonderful patrons have, and I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W, Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Randall McCallum, Diane Wade, Lorianne Kirby, Gary Dolovich, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke Guess, J.P. Bear, 
Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. If you want, you can find me on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash CanadianHistoryX. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And you can find me on Instagram. Just go to Bairdo37. Information comes from Canadian Encyclopedia, Library and Archives Canada, CBC, CTV, Global News, Wikipedia, ourcommons.ca, Maclean's, Prime Minister of Canada Justin Trudeau, Biography.com, and the New York Times. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.